You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. I'm really excited about this episode because obviously, well, I get excited about every episode. Craig, don't take it personally, but I probably say that every time. <laughs> Lauren, who produces our show, is going to listen to this while we're editing and be like, he says this every time. But I really do mean this one because you have a really cool story. So Craig is the founder and CEO of Pajamas, which he created when his son was potty training, which we just made it through. So I have a whole parenting thread that I want to talk to you about. But I'm really interested in your story, Craig, because you were a marketer turned entrepreneur. And I want to spend time talking about how you made that leap and, and everything you did. We'll get into that. But first, hey, and thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about our story. Where does this whole thing start? I have some good background and bio on you, but I want to know from you firsthand. So you were a day-to-day marketer and like nine to five marketing guy somewhere? Yeah. So I've always kind of been an entrepreneur, so I should get that out of the bag at the beginning. <laughs> you know, that started as long ago as I can remember. The first thing that I really remember was cutting my mom's roses <laughs> out of her rose garden and going door to door and like slinging them to all my neighbors. And I was probably like seven or eight then. And I've, I've started a few businesses with varying levels of success. But what I ended up doing was going to graduate school which is like a farm factory for employment, right? Traditional employment. And even knowing that I wanted to do my own thing, I fell in the trap, almost like the rat race, if you will, of competing with my cohort and trying to get the best corporate job. And I remember I had a couple offers. I went to a school that focuses on international business. I had an opportunity to go to Brazil I speak Portuguese fluently. Like it was this awesome opportunity and just feeling kind of hollow and like I wasn't really being true to myself, but I also had six figures in in student loan debt. So I did go the nine to five route for a little while until I was actually working at this job that I loved. The only full-time nine to five job that I ever really truly enjoyed. And they shut down the entire Salt Lake office where I'm located. And I was kind of forced back into an opportunity to reflect about what I wanted to do next. And I knew like in my bones, literally in my bones, that I wanted to get back into my own thing. And it just so happened to be the same time that we were potty training my son. And it was just like such perfect timing for me to transition back to entrepreneurship and that I had the idea and that, you know, my son peed on me at night and it all, it all just kind of came together. So yeah, my, my background is in the depths of my soul, if you will. I'm an entrepreneur, but I certainly had to take a little bit longer route to get back to where I am now. My guess is you were not an expert in kids' clothing and materials. And so like, what actually happens, right? Because so much of building a successful business online is about product matters. Like from there, what actually happened to go out and... I avoided telling you everything because I feel like if anybody hears about me or reads about me, they're like, he tells the same story every time, but it really is like our foundational story. So when I had the experience of my son coming in my room, 
peeing on me in the middle of the night. I woke up and it was just like determined, like I'm going to solve this problem because we felt like we were stuck between a rock and a hard place with, we use pull-ups and he doesn't learn or we don't put him in anything and roll the dice. And I woke up and I remember this is, again, I was, I had just been laid off. I had three months of severance and I was like determined, like I'm going to figure out a business that I can start. And I remember immediately grabbing my laptop. Well, I mean, I changed my clothes and then I sat in my bed, like stripped the sheets, sat in my bed and immediately started looking into alternative textiles and, and diapering options. Because as you mentioned, I'm not a textiles expert. I had no experience in fashion. I didn't even know what kind of materials were options for me. And so I just started looking. And I remember one of the first things I was looking at was, you know, when there's an oil spill in the ocean and they put out those like, they almost look like hay, but they're like booms that gather the oil to like stop it from spreading. For some reason, that was like one of the first things that went in my mind was like, well, what about that? And I just started looking. Honestly, a lot of it is simply research and discovery and learning and then iterating again. And, and that's really what you have to do to get started, regardless of what kind of business you're in. So this is a show about marketing. So I want to focus on the marketing. So like, this is, if this was a show about product, then, then I, I would really try to get in the weeds about how you did it. But yeah. you figured it out. <laughs> you have products that you want to bring to market. What, what stage were you at? Like, how far were you along and how confident were you in the product when you actually decided to, to market, right? Because I think sure. one of the challenges for a lot of entrepreneurs is like, um, um, what's the right time to start to market? Like the product is okay. I know we can make it better, but like, it's probably good enough to sell. When did you actually go to market? Yeah, that's a, that's actually a great question. Um, I fell in the trap of wanting to have a perfect product and the reason I mentioned this during a marketing uh, podcast is because I would assume that a lot of your listeners fall into the trap of it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And finally, it, you know, that's kind of contrary to what most successful business people will say in that get your MVP, your minimally viable product, get something that works, your beta, and just start releasing it because there will always be improvements. And so I really finally had to take that, that step of we have a product that is functioning. We have a product that I'm getting really good feedback on. Yes, there are some variables where it might not work for everybody. That The biggest variable is obviously how much a child is going to pee in it. Um, but it's helping, you know, 95% of the people that test it, let's, let's go, go to market. So we chose to go the crowdfunding route. And we employed a variety of tricks, I shouldn't say tricks, but tactics, marketing tactics um, that are kind of unique to, to crowdfunding. So we, we did, you know, your typical uh, just paid social. We had really, really successful PR, obviously with something as unique as... What was, the, what was the creative? Can you go into the, what was the creative in, in paid social? Did you, did you like do a photo shoot or make a video up, up front that, that, was, video, that was good? Yeah. So I'm glad you're kind of prying on, on some of these because I think the reason it was so successful and still is today is because we created a video that just really resonates with the viewer. 
Um, and really the, the we story just re just reenacted your son peeing on you. And is like, here, buy go to pajamas.com right now. <laughs> so like the starting of the video is me just saying, have you woken up to this? And it's like your child peeing on you or your child peeing in the bed or your child wearing like a huge diaper and you're feeling like you're not living or like doing your part to be sustainable and eco-minded. And I think immediately that resonates with so many people because they're like, yeah, I've been peed on or yeah, I'm sick of diapers or yeah, I'm like flushing, pun intended, flushing money down the toilet on disposable diapers. <laughs> and so it's, That could be a whole campaign. <laughs> I know. I, I just thought of that now. Um, but it, it just resonates with people because bedwetting and potty training is a universal experience that everyone will go through. And so we talk about that in, in the video and that's still, we actually still use that same video and it performs extremely well. Every day we're getting dozens, if not hundreds of people that comment on it and like it and share it because, you know, even though it's two years old, the story will always be um, engaging. It'll always resonate with people. I think I think like the, the the marketing lesson that so many people forget is that like great marketing you have to be enter entertaining and I think people miss that out like oh we have to have a dollar shave club level of entertaining video and I actually think like people forget that an important part of entertainment is actually education and so you, your path is the education and practical use route where there's an angle that you could have probably made a joke out of the whole thing, but to any, any parent with little kids know like, this is, this is not a joke. This is like life. And so I'm going to help you fix this problem. How, how did you, who made, who made the video? Did you, did you do it yourself? Did you hire an agency? Like who scripted yeah, so it? I want to know that. I scripted it. That's kind of where my background uh, came into play is uh, I'm not a paid, paid social expert. I'm not even a paid media at all expert. Um, but where I have had a lot of success is, really in um, advertising, in creative communications, marketing communications. And so I worked on that script. I probably took too long. I definitely took way too long on that script, but I knew that the creative aspect um, and writing something that really engaged uh, with our viewers and our listeners was of paramount importance. Otherwise it wasn't going to be successful. So yeah, I scripted it and then I just had somebody else. I did all the production, but I had somebody do the actual filming and editing. It's just a local guy in Utah and he's awesome. In fact, at the time he Great. was the videographer for the Utah jazz. And so we're filming wow. and he's like, Oh, I was just barely filming with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, like the Utah jazz superstars. I was like, this is so awesome. It was cool. But that, 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 that's awesome because you, you basically did the hard work up front, which is like you basically wrote this brief. And then so you have a script, which is also a brief because I'm guessing you probably wrote like what shots you wanted to get in there with the script. Have and you go and hire a, free, a freelance video person and, and maybe for who knows what you paid them. But my guess is knowing what we work with video people, it's anywhere between two grand and 30 grand and whatever that is, you made an awesome video out of that. Also, yeah, you spent a ton of time more than you should have writing the script. But now, if you had to answer that question today, you just told me you've been using that video for two years. So it was probably worth every minute. And I think yeah. that's what people miss is you, you made the upfront investment in the creative. And I think, you know, there's, I, I, to me, at least in marketing, say like creative is the variable for, for success and getting attention. And so you did the upfront and, and, and focus on the creative. 
then sure, you don't have to be a paid social expert because if you have the creative, you can go and hire somebody to run ads for you or you just figure it out on your own. You have the, you have the money thing, which is the creative. So that's a long-winded way of me getting to this question, which is if I was going to start a business and I came to you and said, hey man, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start a, um, a Shopify store and I'm going to sell uh, black hoodies. That's what I wear a lot. Like, I'm a black hoodie. Would you tell me like, and, and I didn't know where to start for marketing. Would you say the video is the thing? Like make a video first and video is your, is your like entrance into the market or do something else? Um, that, that's a good question. I'm actually going... I'm only, I'm only asking because it seems like it seems to be the playbook for so many brands yeah, in the well, direct-to-consumer space. Yeah, well, well, video is so easily consumed, similar to podcasts, right? People can listen. I mean, podcasts are even easier because people can listen while they're going about other tasks. But if you want to have visual creative, I will live and die by video over any static image. It performs so much better. In fact, we don't even run, other than our general social media posts like to Instagram or whatever, we only run video ads because they perform so much better. So to answer your question, I actually have this guy, he's a 60-year-old gentleman who has this business idea. And he came to me and he's, you know, he's asking a 36 year old, I need a mentor. Will you be my mentor? And I was like, I can't be your mentor, but I will gladly give you advice. And one of the first things I told him was tell people why you started your business, because there will always be people that want to, that will resonate with that story and they'll attach to it and telling them why. And then after that, the what, like, this is why I'm creating my business. I'm trying to solve a problem. And this is what I'm offering to do that. And people will grab to it. And so I'm telling him right now it, how to script a video and, and what he needs to include in that. Absolutely. How do you, how do you get all the content? I'm, I'm, I'm actually on your Instagram page right now. Are, are these all, like, is this all, um, I guess, what's the, I'm new to e-commerce. So th- is it, this is all user generated content? Is that, is that what you call it? But are these all, are these all customers or these are, these are your kids or people, you know, how do you, how do you get all this started content? started with my kids and my nieces and nephews and friends. <laughs> um, most of what we post is, is content that we generate. However, we do have a good fair amount of user generated content and you know, we're just now starting to work with influencers because they have an amplified voice and they'll share content of their kids with it and stuff like that. But yeah, we, we tell just, me about, tell me about the influencer stuff. How did you get, how did you like, cause I've, I've heard the challenges in finding the right, the, the challenges like, okay, influencers as a strategy makes sense, but the challenge is finding, finding influencers that work for you. How, how have you gone through that process? I haven't had anybody talk about that yet. Yeah. So this is going to totally pivot the conversation, but probably in a good direction. So uh, marketing, paid media marketing is getting more challenging. That is because of restrictions, regulations, changes in tracking from companies like Apple and Google. And so we are trying to find, we're always on the hunt to try and find cost-effective and efficient marketing. And we've essentially grown our business and, and done it quite well, uh, with paid social media and to augment that we are expanding channels. So that includes Pinterest, that includes YouTube, 
and it certainly includes influencers um, and others. So what we've done, influencers is a weird game because it blows my mind that people will follow other people's lives just to like out of boredom or out of inspiration, a variety of reasons, right? So when we started doing influencer marketing, we just kind of opened the gates and allowed people to start reaching out to us. And that can be effective, but it's generally a pretty big waste of time because you'll get people. I found found like most things uh, outside of hiring, most things that come inbound, like anybody that messages you that wants to be on your podcast or, or wants you to, you know, usually inbound in those channels is not who you're looking for from an influencer perspective. I remember we had people that would message us and say, you'll have to listen closely. They'll say, I'm an influencer rather than I'm an influencer. Like they'd spell S-T-E-R. And I thought, if you can't even spell it and you don't know the proper terminology, you are certainly not an influencer. And they'd have, you know, like a hundred followers or something like that. And so that you kind of can, can generally ignore. What we did is we, we approached a handful of people who have experience in influencer marketing because they have, the network. They have a database of people that they work with. They know um, the cost that certain influencers are going to expect between you know a micro influencer with five thousand followers and a huge influencer with a million followers that's going to expect a minimum of ten grand per post. So our sweet spot is approaching influencers with you know anywhere as low as three to five thousand followers up to. 20 to 50,000 followers because we feel like they have a little bit more genuine, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe a genuine approach and genuine followers, meaning they're not just posting every single day a different ad that is totally inconsistent. One day it's like, hey, this is for my baby. And then the next day it's like, here's, you know, something that's just totally unrealistic. Yeah, this is what I ate for lunch. Yeah, 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 you know. So, so we go to influencers that one fit within our demographic, specifically, you know, moms, some dads, but generally moms that have um, lifestyle blogs or life lifestyle pages that you know spend a, a decent amount of time on that on that channel, that social media channel, talking about parenting. And so generally they'll have a a child between the age of two to five or two to seven, and they're going through potty training or on ongoing bedwetting. And then it just comes across as, as significantly more sincere. In fact, we just had two, two influencers post yesterday. They both have around 20, 25,000 followers. Um, They just simply wanted free product because they wanted to test it. And a lot of times this is kind of a, hopefully a helpful nugget, a lot of times they just want to do trade because it gives them an opportunity to talk about something and take new engaging creative, right? So they'll take a picture of their child using your product and then they'll talk about how it is affecting their life. And, and a lot of times they'll want that in like maybe a, a unique discount code rather than saying, pay me $500. In fact, that's a way, hopefully I'm not like going too fast here, but generally that's kind of a way that we almost immediately disqualify some influencers if they'll message us and say, Hey, I charge $500 and they've got 10,000 followers. Like, Nope, you're not legit. 
because a lot of the legit people will just say, give me product so that I can talk about it. And I'd love a unique code because my followers really attached to that and really find value in that. Last I looked last night, one of them alone had 1200 hits and like 77 comments. And that's really, really engaging and amplifies our own, our own brand, especially that they're adding that social proof of talking about it and their experience with it. So it's almost like a review, a review and marketing, like amplified marketing all, all rolled up in one. And you don't have to carve out, you know, X thousand dollars of the budget to, to be able to do it. And it's going to just feel more organic and, and authentic because this is somebody who, hey, I got these, you know, like they sent me these to try and I tried them and like, whoa, they, they really do work. I think whether it's influencers or, you know, like, I don't know if you hear this on, on podcasts you listen to, but at least podcasts that I listen to, like the best advertising is done when the host actually, you could tell that they use the product. And so like... Hey, the the host is like big into into uh, coffee or something. This is the actual coffee that they drink every day. That's yeah. usually the perfect match for for sponsors. So it, it it's cool to it's cool to think of of that. And also like just what what a better what a better lightweight way for you to test that. I'm, I'm sure you'd, you'd you'd gladly set out you know send out two sets of clothing, uh, two sets of items to somebody, then have to you know fork up five grand up front and on something you might not know return is going to be returnable. You know is is going to re- pay off at all. How do you um, how do you find those people though? Like, are you working on are you working with a platform? Because I have seen there are a bunch of shop there are a bunch of apps uh, and and products you could use to go and find influencers. I've seen I'm seeing that, but are you just finding them manually? The these people that you're kind of doing the exchange, the given the given take thing with? Yeah, that that's a good question, and hopefully my answer isn't <laughs> subpar. But we tried a couple apps, and didn't really have much success with it. That's where we saw quite a bit of the underwhelming inbound. Um, so we hired a gal who worked at a fairly large uh, consumer goods e-com company here in, in Utah. And she's done a really tremendous job at reaching out to her network um, that she's already spent years developing that just so happens to perfectly fit within our target demographic. That's great. And then also probably is easier because you can have more control. Like somebody who knows you can get to know somebody, they can go and do it on behalf of your brand as opposed to, you know, an an app doing it for you. Yeah. You know, I'm talking with her daily, maybe maybe every other day about our strategy, about who she's reaching out to, about how it's going. And I felt like if I'm paying her, you know, X a month plus a bonus, because I told her, I said, look, we're happy to pay you based on the sales of, of the influencers that you bring in, because it's almost like a sales position. You know, she's bringing in these people that are going to do marketing for us. So we pay her a set retainer and then uh, a good commission on the back end, And it makes her really motivated. So it's worked out really well. We, we literally just hired her two weeks ago and she's doing a great job for us. That's awesome. In, in that vein, how, how do you think about scaling uh, your marketing? efforts now? Cause are, are you, are you doing all the marketing still? Or like, are you, are you, have you hired people? Cause I, I think that a lot of people's fear is who's going to do this. I'm not a marketing expert. And so there, there's some, there's some element of you got to figure it out. It's best to figure it out on your own. And actually the best entrepreneurs that I've talked to have all figured out marketing because they've had to, but at yeah. some point you probably have to start thinking about scaling. Like how, how, do you, how have you thought about that? Yeah, so we have a unique business model and one that I really recommend to a lot of people that are looking to start an e-com store. And that is 
one that is largely outsourced, meaning major job functions, we outsource those to pros that specify or that specifically focus, like that is their competitive advantage is something that they do. So we've used, we use a 3PL, a third-party logistics, logistics company for all of our fulfillment and shipping and warehousing. We use a sourcing company for all of our manufacturing and QA. In regards to, to marketing specifically, we've tried a few different agencies with varying levels of success. And right now we use a really good agency called Iconify. And they are experts in paid social and are now expanding the additional channels that they work with and even partnerships that they offer. So right now, all of our eggs um, for marketing are in, in that basket to oversee so, our market. So, and, and, and so your, your role is really moving all, being able to move all those pieces. And so you're, you're working with the aid where you're, you're working with the influencer, the person doing influencers and the people doing ads and the people creating your content. You're kind of like the managing editor of everything that's going on. Yeah. So that's, that's a great question. We, oversee, which really comes down to me because of my background, maybe it's one of the areas that I haven't wanted to quite give up control, but um, I mostly oversee creation of the creative. So scheduling photo shoots, creating a video, I'll still write the scripts for the video. We just did one a couple months ago that we released like a month ago. Like I was there like during filming, making sure that we were producing it. And then we'll distribute it to our um, marketing agency and then our influencer or our our employee who's doing affiliate outreach. So we kind of are the hub for the creative and then distribute that to our different agencies or different contractors. And they know our brand voice. They know our tone. They know um, kind of our messaging expectations. And I, once they have the creative and they understand our brand, they're free to create ads as they kind of wish following our, our brand guide. And as long as you can see the results, yeah, <laughs> that helps a lot. Yeah. You can trust. So sometimes right, I'll reach out and be like, Nope, this isn't good. Sorry. We've got to turn that off or let's change the copy on this one or whatever. So One thing I was going to ask you is, um, what are, you obviously have new things that you're thinking about campaigns, sales, you're running, whatever. But what are kind of some of the like always on e-commerce marketing plays that, that are working really well for you? Like, for example, I know that I just was kind of checking out your, your website. I, you know, I saw that I went to check out and I got an abandoned cart saver and a coupon code. But like, I'm just interested in my, what, what are kind of like two or three of the, the money kind of things that are always on, whether that's on your website or other places that, that work really well for you that you would recommend to me as like, hey, this is the stack of kind of things you got you to gotta be doing. Yeah. So that last word you use, the stack. So we are constantly building out our tech stack, including new softwares that will help further our marketing efforts. Most recently, I mean, I could talk extensively about the success that we've had with Privy and I will mention that. But recently we've launched a few more softwares, a few more, um, I don't even know what you call them, tools, I guess, to our tech stack that are all intended to improve conversion. And like I mentioned earlier, make our, our marketing more cost-effective and just effective in general. Having a well-defined funnel of your customers from a marketing perspective, 
I know that's like the cliche term, but it really, it's so descriptive, right? But having a well-defined funnel is extremely important. And so having something that engages something, meaning ads, ads, or whether that's the copy or the creative for us, the video really works well. Um, but having the right creative at different points in the funnel is extremely important. So for us, again, going back to the beginning of the conversation, we still really need to educate consumers on what pajamas is and, and how they work and helping them identify that frustration or that pain point and then offering the solution. And then, you know, that might lead them to our website to learn more and then retargeting them in the quote unquote middle of the funnel and then having a really, really effective bottom funnel um, retargeting campaign. So that's what I was ultimately getting at is make sure that you're effectively retargeting people that already show high intent and offering something that might help them convert, right? Because if you are bringing them to your website and you pay 20 bucks to get them to your site and they don't convert, well, it's still going to be cost effective if you go and retarget them with say a coupon or an offer or, you know, free product, like buy one, get one or something like that. So having a well-defined funnel with a really, really effective bottom of funnel is, is, is extremely important. And then I know, I, I promise I'm not just throwing this in to like give you as a shout out, but having something that will keep people from abandoning when they're already on your site will work wonders to revenue and improving your conversion rate. So we chose Privy because I talked to a few people that were a little bit farther in the process than we were with their wet, with their business. And I just said, who are you using? And really everybody's saying Privy. Privy, like it, it's amazing. It's worth its weight in gold. Use Privy. And the reason I started with Privy wasn't so much to gather emails and increase our database, but was to improve our conversion rate. Cause we were seeing, you know, a conversion rate of like 1.2, 1.4, like pretty average. And I wanted that to go up. And so the first opportunity, like the first campaign that I envisioned and wanted to implement with, with Privy was an abandoned car or abandoned checkout pop-up. So as you mentioned, if you go to our website, you add some to your cart and then you go to checkout there'll be a pop-up with our cute little penguin that says like, please don't go, you know, it's kind of cute. And it offers them a discount. It just says, shoot us your email. We'll give you a discount of X percent. That has honestly like changed our business in like six months. We've done hundreds of thousands of dollars because of campaigns like that. So that's, man, I can't even tell you how important having something like that is. Do you, do you have a sense for like what the typical, what, what good conversion rates are? Like how many people of, of let's say a hundred people that added something to their cart, how many, how many people are typically going to abandon? Oh, most. <laughs> well, so like we'll get like a 6% that will add to cart of that, you know, so six percent of, of website of, of like six percent of website visitors. So if you have a, if you have hundred thousand visitors coming to your site, you're going to get six thousand of them. We're yeah. going to add to cart, but then of that six thousand, we might get like three and a half to four percent who are going to then get to checkout, and then at checkout, you know, we'll see anything from like right now we're probably at a one point seven five to two percent checkout, which is 
really, really good. You know, you read averages are typically around like 1.3 to 1.5 and we're, you know, 25% better than that. 30% better than that is a huge win for us. Yeah. Is this, this a funnel that you're, that you're tracking? Like you're, you're going into Shopify and looking at that data all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Almost daily. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Marketing nerdness that I want to see on top of that. Yeah. You've got to like it. Success comes down to total traffic that you're driving conversion and like the costs that you're, that you're seeing to acquire those customers. So you've got to get people to your website and be converting them and something that's going to keep them from abandoning, even if that's a 15% discount or 10% discount at checkout is extremely cost effective. Okay. I want to, I could talk to you for hours, but uh, I got to wrap up in, in, in a little bit. What, what do you think is the, what's, what's the future of e-commerce marketing? Like, you know, you're, 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 you have a product people want, you're doing a nice job converting uh, traffic on your website, but what's the next wave, right? How, how, are you, how are you thinking about getting more people? How are you going to think about growing pajamas and getting more people into that conversion funnel in the first place over the next six to 12 months? And you want that to be e-commerce specific? <laughs> <laughs> no, anything. Like what, 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 do you, what do you think? What's happening in marketing that like if you're, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a marketer, you know, what are the things that, that you're excited about that you're, you want to go try and do or, or need to invest more in? Yeah, so there's two ways that I can answer that. One is our growth plan, but that's not necessarily marketing. And then two is our marketing plan. I am kind of bearish on Facebook exclusively. Um, Facebook has done tremendous things for the growth of our business, but it's also getting more expensive. It's getting a lot more competitive with it being a voting year. Ad costs are going up significantly. I mean, just from this point last year to this year, we've doubled our average cost per acquisition. So it's, it's really, really, unaffordable, (laughs) but still effective. So that's why we're looking at additional channels to further engage with those same people. And so I mentioned retargeting. Well, that doesn't have to be just on Facebook. You know, if you're driving somebody in top of funnel from Facebook, because there are so many people there, there's just so many eyeballs, you can then retarget them with display ads, you know, around the web. Uh, We're launching YouTube videos that gets into the video creative that is extremely effective for us and showing short snippets of video ads, pre and post roll of videos on YouTube doing sponsored ads. I'm extremely hopeful that Pinterest is going to work out for us. Um, You know, Pinterest has, is like, it's a goldmine for our target demo so we've recently launched into Pinterest so that we can start engaging with people there. That is not as much video driven, but extremely dependent on effective content. So a lot of blogs, a lot of infographics, a lot of visuals. You can actually now start doing video there. But that's back to the whole creative play. Like you've, if you're going to get into Pinterest which we just started to do in January, you've got to be aggressive about your content marketing plan. And so we're investing in that right now. So there's, I guess, I don't want to like shotgun approach this, but those are some of the 
the channels and, and marketing efforts that we're really focusing on certainly in Q1 and, and as the year kind of goes on. It also feels related to what you're starting to do with influ- like influencers, influencers and Pinterest, probably, probably the same people that have, you know, whether it's a micro influencer with 5,000 followers or, or 50,000 followers, those seem to be similar people that would have, be posting a lot of content on, on Pinterest and, and other places. So that, that does seem like an interesting strategy to go through, through the people who are the voices in their different kind of online communities. Yeah. And on that same vein, most of our paid social with Facebook, even though it's the same ecosystem, but most of it's been in Facebook specifically and not so much on the Instagram side. And so bringing in um, somebody to manage our influencer marketing more specifically or centrically in Instagram is really important to us this year. And again, on that same day, and it kind of is all tied in together is we've doubled down on our affiliate marketing and we're really seeing a lot of success there from, you know, our best month in December to January, we've like doubled our sales via affiliates. And a lot of that, again, like I said, is tied into influencers because you can say, if somebody's a legit influencer, you can say, we'll give you commissions on all of your sales. We'll just set you up with a tracking code and we use share a sale for that. And we bring them in as an affiliate partner of, of pajamas. So, and, and for, for affiliates, is that like somebody who, like, if I have a, I have a dad blog and I'm talking about like, and I have an audience, is that, that you, you would focus on me or is it more about giving somebody a link that after they buy, they can share it. And it's basically like a referral code. So we're actually doing both, but more the former where we're going out with content sites or whether that's a blog or whether that's an Instagrammer. Um, to work with them, get them product, give them a code so that their followers can get a discount and then they'll get paid on purchases through their website or Instagram page or YouTube page even. Got it. All right, Craig, I could talk to you for hours about marketing, but this has been been awesome. Super helpful to hear more about uh, your journey. And it feels like there's a lot of exciting stuff going on with, with you with you all at, at, at Pajamas and I'm excited to watch that. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and dropping some knowledge about your story and, and how you've done it. But you're, do you want to, we should talk about your, your podcast a little bit because I know it's something that you're excited about and I'm happy to talk about. I was sitting with a friend of mine who I've known since college and he's got a, a business that he started in kind of the seed round. He's raised half a million dollars and he's doing really well. But we would get together almost for like, therapy sessions between the two of us, just talking about the challenges and stresses and also the fun of, of starting and growing a business and what people are starting to see more and more right now or, or that, or is that, um, mental health and specifically mental health struggles with stress, anxiety, depression is pervasive in entrepreneurs and founders. And a lot of that is because of what comes along with, with starting and growing a business. That might be, you know, taking the, the jump from full-time self-employment or having, you know, a payroll of five people and worrying how you're going to meet payroll. There's a lot of stresses that go with it and even loneliness. Like how many entrepreneurs are just in their basement, like grinding away, trying to make something successful with little, little interaction with other people. So as we would kind of just chat, for these cathartic meetings with one another, we thought, you know, with how common this is with entrepreneurs and founders, 
we should talk about, we should create a podcast that addresses that and not just talks about it to like bum people out. The last thing we want is people to listen and walk away feeling even more lonely or more stressed. So our plan is to bring in founders who have found ways to effectively combat the stresses um, and a variety of mental health issues that come with, with founding a business or running a business. So our hope is that we can bring in guests that have said, you know what, for me, like journaling makes such a difference. Like having a daily gratitude practice is it's such a difference. Or somebody else says, for me, I have to go and spend an hour in nature every day and, and learning from them to try and share successful tactics to combat the stresses of being an entrepreneur. So that's the, that's the plan. I love it. I love doing that. I also think it's going to help you grow your business too, because people are going to, it just tells more of your story. It's more behind the scenes. And I think your advice from earlier was basically like, tell your story. And this is part of your story. The best thing you can do as an entrepreneur is, is tell your story, not just yeah. be the P, the pajamas guy, but be the entrepreneur, show the behind the scenes, like what is life really like? So I love that. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's a cool new channel. Thank you. Yeah. And it's an important it's, topic. It's at a minimum, just a way to help people and also kind of, um, help us and, and even be kind of a creative outlet for us as well. So. Yeah. Cool. All right, Craig, thanks for doing this. Um, and thank you to everybody for listening to this episode. You can go check out everything. Go, go and check out the pajamas uh, website, especially if you have kids nieces and nephews, friends, family, whoever, there's some good stuff you can check out. If not, you can at least just go over and see a bunch of the plays that they're running, uh, on, on their website. So, uh, if you like this episode in particular, it would mean a lot to me personally if you went and left a review. The reviews are awesome. Somebody it's just cool. We get notifications when they come in and it's fun to read them especially if you can be like, oh, I, lo I love Craig. That was such a good episode. You should do more uh, of that. So Craig, I'll hopefully talk to you soon. I appreciate you doing it. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and, and week out uh, in Salt Lake. Thank you. And likewise, it was a pleasure to be on. And I just want to throw in a plug. Pajamas is just www.pjamas.com. And that's just as it sounds. Yes, P as in urine. So P-E-E-J-A-M-A-S.com. Pajamas.com. Love it. All right. Hey, thanks, Dave. It was a pleasure. Yeah, that was fun. You're awesome. And uh, I'm glad we did this. I appreciate it. So, so hey, send me, send me a link to your show. We'll, we'll send you this stuff, but I want to know when your podcast uh, is out because I would love to listen to it. So. Awesome. Hey, thanks, man. Cool. All right, take it easy. Bye.